This is Influencer Insider, an inside look on your favorite creatives, creators, and entrepreneurs. We explore their minds so you can get to know your favorite people better. Continue to listen for the inside scoop on your favorite creators' lives. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Influencer Insider. Today, we have another wonderful guest, Haven Tunin. Haven, thank you for hopping on today. Hey, Seth. Thanks for having me. Heck yeah. All right, everybody. So Haven is a would an artist is what I would call you who specializes yeah. in clay. Yeah, so I'm a ceramicist or a potter, whatever you want to call it. That sounds fancy. Oh, it's fancy, I guess. I like it. No, I like it. I like it. Uh, ceramicist. So you do you, you're gonna have to teach me. I've done one pottery class with my girlfriends where we did the wheel. Yeah. But a lot of it I don't remember. I was no good at it. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is really hard when you first start. Um, it definitely takes like it took me like two years to like get the skill level that I have now. And when I first started, I really hated it because it was just like super hard and you don't make anything that's like pretty right away. So I think that's what the, fr- the where the frustration comes from with pottery. Heck yeah. So how did you get started? Um, so I actually went to college and I decided to be like a general art major. Um, And then I took a painting class and I was, that was really fun for me and I liked my painting. So I decided to be a painting major. So I was required to take a ceramics class. Um, And that's how I got into it, just because I was um, kind of forced to take the class. I didn't like it my first semester, but I took a second semester and um, that's when I really fell in love with it. That's awesome. All right. And then now you make uh, the lovely mushroom mugs. (laughs) Yeah, Um, it's funny because I just had a Snapchat memory um, like two days ago from a year ago when I sold my very first mushroom mug. So it's almost been a full year of making mushroom mugs. That's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. So when when you start making uh, pottery on, is it okay if I call it the wheel or what's the the term? That's what it's called. Heck yeah. All right, so when you started making pottery on the wheel, what do you make initially? Do you just make a bunch of vases and bowls? Um, so when I first started, um, usually you'll like kind of start out like making some bowls or like basic cups. But I decided that I was going to throw these miniature vases that were like an inch tall because I thought to myself, I was like, oh, they're small. So small means easy and easier than like a vase or something. Um it turns out that throwing miniature things is actually harder. So I think that's why I hated pottery so much because I tried for so long to throw these tiny, tiny things, but it became so hard to me. And I didn't realize I should just switch to something bigger to like get the hang of it. For sure. That's very funny. Did you end up making the small vases successfully? Yeah, I can make them now. Um, oh, and nice. I think that first like semester of like trying to throw them definitely um, gave me an advantage when I became better at the wheel and to try to throw them again. So it definitely helps. I learned, learned things from making those tiny vases, but I should have not focused on such a tiny object at first. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so where are we at right now? Are we in your art studio? Um, so I am in my college ceramic studio. I've been using this um, basically every day until I graduate. I'm not excited to graduate. I want to keep using the studio, but I have it for one more semester and I'll be in here every day until I have to, someone forces me out of here. Yeah, no, definitely. What, what do you do after you don't have that studio? Are there like places to go create? Yeah, you can um, rent out a space at like someone else's studio. My goal is to build um, a home studio in a garage. Um, We'll see how that goes. But right now, that's my goal. I want to be able to have my own space. That'd be awesome because you uh, you need you need a uh, what, a wheel and then you need a kiln. And yeah, man, I feel like kilns could be really expensive just by yeah, looking at them. Are, they're like thirty five hundred plus for like a new one. I might just buy a used one, but it's still like will be over a grand yeah. for a kiln. A chunk of money. A chunk of money for a big chunk of equipment. <laughs> That's tough. That's tough. But that's nice that you have the studio uh, to use right now. Where, where are you located in? Um, Franklin, Indiana. So it's a really small town, but Dang, Franklin, Indiana. That's fine. I don't think I've I've yet to interview anybody from Indiana. So you're the really? first. Where are you from? 
Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. Yeah, your um, time zone is different. I was wondering where you're from. Yeah, we're we're both in the good old Midwest, I think. <laughs> yeah. I guess. So so what what got you started on art in the first place? Uh, were either of your parents some inspiration or? No, my parents weren't any inspiration, really. Um, I kind of had a crappy childhood. So like growing up, I think art became this escape mechanism for me. Um, so I found I was a really shy kid and didn't really have many friends, I guess. So I spent a lot of time in my room, like drawing or whatever. Heck yeah. That's awesome. But it wasn't until um, my junior year of high school that I really found that that's what I wanted to do as a career path um, before it was just kind of amateur. Yeah, for sure. No, it's, it's awesome that you do that. I think it is. Uh, it's lovely to do what you love. That's yes, what I like I'm to say. I am able to do something that I love every day. Heck yeah. Oh, shoot. Um, so you started out just drawing and then painting. I, I'm going to be honest. I stalked you. Uh, I stalk everybody that I interview. But, you know, I saw I saw some of the artworks. It, was there some photography or is it all drawing and painting? I did take a photography class for one semester in college. So you might have saw some of that. Um, but like that smiley face painting um, was a painting, not like a photo. Um, That's insanely realistic then. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that was good. That um, painting was a nightmare for me, but I got through it. Yeah. Was it just extremely difficult or in paintings? Can you like have do overs? Can you? Yeah. So my very first painting, I don't know if you saw my frog painting with the milk jugs. I don't know if you got that that far. I might have. No. I don't know. It was, it's a blur at <laughs> this point. Okay. Um, but that painting, it's also realistic. And that painting was really easy for me. I thought that the painting process came so natural and it barely took any like mind power almost to paint it. It kind of just felt like I was in a flow state, but with that smiley face painting, it was at the beginning of quarantine when I started it. So um, of course we got kicked out of college and I had to take um, everything from my painting studio here and put it in my one bedroom apartment. Man. So I just think being in a one bedroom apartment and having to do this painting and it was super, it's super complex and it took me about 80 hours to do. So it was just, I think the combination of quarantine and this painting being more difficult than I had expected it to be made this really hard for me to do. And I was, wasn't satisfied with it for the longest time. Cause I was like, this should look more realistic than it does, or it should be better than it is. I think I'm okay with the results now because I know I don't want to go back and put any work into it. But back then I was, I just spent so much time and I expected more out of it, you know? For sure. And I feel like uh, whenever you create something, I'm not calling myself an artist, but whenever I do anything, I guess, artistically inclined, when I yeah. look at it, I'm very judgmental. And yeah, and I think all creatives have that um, judgment part of it, but you just got to let it be how it is and like let other people make up their own decisions about your artwork and stop criticizing yourself so much. Heck yeah. And I bet it looks absolutely lovely. <laughs> Heck yeah. So then let's talk about these mugs that you're making right now. What, what's the inspiration for the mushrooms? Um, over a year ago, I saw like some Instagram posts that had, it was a, just a regular cup, but it had like a mushroom topper. So like, cover the top for like to keep coffee warm or whatever yeah, yeah. I was like oh I, I like mushrooms and I'm in pottery so I was like what if I made a mushroom mug um so I decided to make the handle with the mushroom instead um I don't know I think I've seen a couple other people maybe do this before but before I had done that I um hadn't seen anyone else replicate the same idea that I was making for sure it looks super awesome I was showing my mom uh, drinks coffee every morning so I was showing the mugs to my mom and she's like those are so cute oh I'm glad but, she uh, likes them heck yeah and then you gotta teach me I was super curious um I don't I don't want to call it scoring the sides of the mug but you're kind of cutting into it a little bit what's that called yeah, it's just carvings um I just got some new carving tools from diamond core tools so I've been having a lot of fun recently working with those tools but yeah it's just like taking little carving tools and making indents in the clay what's the difference between carving tools are the other um, because i guess these these diamond carvers are just the the creme de la creme 
<laughs> yeah, they, they're um, pretty fancy. They're pretty expensive for just four tools. Um, but I bought them because I carve every single piece that I make. And the carving tools I had before, they were just like cheap ones and they were fine. They did what I want, wanted them to do, but they hurt my hand doing them, like carving them. So I bought yeah. these fancy tools that are supposed to not hurt my hand. We'll see how that goes, but yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what's, uh, do you just like the way that the carvings looks on, look on the side of the mugs or because yeah, you carve every single one, it looks cool. I can't stand a plain mug. Like I've made a couple um, I basically made them because I know I need um, the plain ones because I know I need to have some inventory that's cheaper and at a price point that people are willing to pay for because my mushroom mugs are like $50 and I understand people don't want to spend that much money on a mug. So I've made some plain ones, but I don't like them. Like I know they look fine and that people enjoy them, but I I want something prettier, I guess. Like when I drink out of my mushroom mugs in the morning, um, it sounds silly, but it makes me really happy to have something that looks really pretty and has all this texture on it. For sure. That's awesome. That's awesome that you just like it. Um, I You just opened up the website recently. Is that right? Yeah, I opened it up last Thursday. How's it going, dude? Years, basically. It's going really good. That's awesome. Yeah, I saw. It's super exciting. I watched one of your videos where you're packaging it and, uh, I, I love those little rainbow pellets that you're using. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I bought them because I thought they would look fun. I don't know. Oh, well, obviously they do cushion the package a little bit, but basically they're just like decoration. They're fun. They look awesome. If I opened up that package, I'd be like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> I hope people like my packages, but I don't know. I no, also you're... try to like use a lot of recycled material or um, like newspaper and stuff. So I don't know if people like think that's like cheap packing packing material but i am trying to be cheap and packed package this the cheapest way it could be so heck yeah heck yeah so overall goal is to make an at-home studio continue to sell arts and do you have any any plans for like big pieces that you want to make um so if you stalk me enough you saw some big sculptures that i made i did um, yeah so those are like 23 inches is the tallest one by like 15 to eight and 18 inches wide. Um, that one that you saw the biggest one, it had a crack in it because I had made it with a low fire clay. And when you make something with a low fire clay and you make something that big, there's always a chance of it cracking because the kiln doesn't heat up in the same spots as fast as like, like basically the whole kiln doesn't heat up at the same temperature at the same time. So it like creates this thermal shock that creates cracks. That was a long story for me to say that I want to make something like that again with a high fire clay that's not going to crack. Heck yeah. What, what's, what is a, I didn't know there was different types of clays. So there's yeah. a low fire clay and a high fire clay. What, what would you use each of them for? So I, when I started pottery, I used this low fire clay because it's what my school had available for me. And it's just, it's like student grade quality. Like it's fine, but it's, it's not as the clay body is not as strong as the clay I'm using now, which is um, a buff stoneware that gets fired to cone five. The low fire gets fi fi low fire gets fired to O five. I know that doesn't mean anything. It's just um, the t it gets really a lot hotter if it's a high fire clay. So it makes the clay body stronger. Um, and I also, when I used the low fire clay, I had these issues where if you left water in a mug for a really long time, it would like seep through the bottom and the table would be wet. Like the clay is still, or the mug is still food safe and you can use it for whatever you're drinking. It's just, you shouldn't keep water in there for a super long time because it will seep through the mug somehow. So um, when I started being a production potter, um, I asked my professor if we could like switch clays to a better clay. So um, I ended up buying like my own clay now. Um, and I, it's kind of separate from the rest of the class because they're still using a low fire clay. But because I became a production potter, I switched to this high fire clay. Man, oh man, high fire, low fire, 05 fire temperature. <laughs> I know it's confusing. I like try to explain it but then I catch myself I'm like no one cares about what you're saying no one even knows what I care <laughs> I, I care it's it's very fascinating I love learning about new things 
uh, especially firing clay at high temperatures. Yeah, like 2,300 degrees. It's super hot. Yeah. Let, let's talk about uh, you as a person, Haven. What, what do you like to do outside of making pottery? Um, I like to hike, I guess. That sounds pretty basic, but I like to spend some time in nature. What, um, where, uh, where do you hike at in Indiana? What, what's that terrain look like? Um, we have a couple, we have Brown County. It's, um, just like a couple hills and, um, it's a nice place to hike at, or we got McCormick's Creek, or I think that's the one that has like waterfalls. So there's a couple waterfalls that I can hike to in Indiana or just like walking around the park or me and my boyfriend will go like out to breakfast and then we'll walk around our town for like 30 minutes or so. That's so sweet. it doesn't be extravagant, just like some time outside away from yeah. the studio. No, for sure. What's your what's your uh, dream place to hike? Dream place? Oh, I don't know. Um, I haven't been out been out east, and I would really like to go to like Oregon. Um, it just looks so beautiful there. I want to see some bigger mountain mountains than I've seen in Indiana. All right, sick. Um, hmm. My uh, dream place to hike as of right now is Ichin Ichin Pizza. Ichin Pizza. I think that's it. I don't. It's in. I think it's in Mexico. It's some old Mayan ruins, and it looks awesome. Nice. Yeah, I I'm sure I would love to go hike there. I think I just want to see like anything and everything that I can. That's awesome. All right. What else you like to hike? What do you like to do? Um. I spend a lot of time watching the H3 podcast. The what? 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 <laughs> the H3 podcast. Mm, what do they talk it's, about? It's a YouTube channel um, with Ethan Klein and Ela Klein. It's just silly, goofy, like, I don't know, YouTube drama or like they report on some news, but it's kind of just like a goofy podcast that I like to listen to. And me, my boyfriend, and my friend Megan, we all started listening to that this year. So we've listened to like every episode. And I guess that's my thing to do outside of pottery is to watch that show. I don't do much else, I guess. Hey, whatever makes you happy. That sounds fun, though. H H three podcast. Yep. Shout out to H three. Maybe I'll get. Maybe I'll. Maybe I'll check it out. I don't know. We'll see how I feel. <laughs> it's a pretty good one. And his wife Ela runs. Um, a clothing brand called Teddy Fresh and basically all I wear now is Teddy Fresh because a lot of their stuff just has like a lot of patterns and um, fun designs to them and I don't like basic clothes I guess I want something to be bright and with a lot of patterns on it so I found that <laughs> that's the shot for me I guess I bet you hate what I'm wearing then just, <laughs> just plain beige <laughs> shoot well that sounds that sounds like a good time so you you and your boyfriend how long have you guys been dating um three years i guess go team <laughs> good job man no a lot, relationships are very tough i've been dating my girlfriend for what three years and some change so yeah, it takes effort yeah i mean it's fine i ne don't have any like complaints about the relationship i absolutely love him um i was questioning about the three years because we never really had like a actual day that we started dating we basically oh, no. so we don't have any anniversary he never um, made it official well so like a year later he asked me out on a hike like asked me out to like make it official I don't even remember that day I don't think he does either but I guess that's technically our official day but we had been dating before that so shit, I guess it's, it's so funny that like our society nowadays has created that thing like people our age like oh we're we're just talking or like you have to like officially have a date where you started dating somebody. I I, I think it's very comical. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. They used to what a while back, like in our grandparents' era, they used to say they were just going steady. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That sounds better. I'm going steady with this gal. Sounds good fun. to me. Heck yeah, heck yeah. So uh, the pottery, the art studio that you're in right now. Do other people use it very consistently? Yeah. So throughout the semester, there'll be um, about like 12 other students in here. Um, but I do find that I'm in here alone most of the time because I do spend a lot of time in here at like 2 a.m. 
So of course there's not gonna be many other students in here at that time, but yeah, I do share it with other students when there's a class in session. Right now, um, I'm the only one that's using the studio because classes haven't started yet. All right, that's nice. I was wondering if anybody was gonna walk in, start listening to it, to us. <laughs> Sometimes like the maintenance man walks in here and he's like, oh, you're in here? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I thought no one was supposed to be in here. I'm like, well, I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am. That's funny. Yeah. Um, but that's that's nice that you have the studio to work with and that other people kind of share it. Um, I bet you get the most use out of it though. Yeah, I definitely I spent like 200 plus hours in here last semester. Jeez. That's hard work, man. Props to you. <laughs> Legitimately. I love it though. Yeah. I decided that this is gonna be my full-time job, so I might as well spend full-time job hours in the studio. Heck yeah, man. I love to hear that. Absolutely, I do. I really focus on like I think there's a stigma around working that I guess society's created and we're kind of breaking down the barriers of it recently in the world that like you have to have a job that you work specific hours at and you're working for somebody else to get a paycheck but people entrepreneurs freelance type of stuff I absolutely love it because it's people right. and it's not like passion. everyone can do this type of work yeah. Or like even if they wanted to, it's not like everyone wants to. Um, but I did, I work as a server and I like my job, but I've done it since I was 16 and I'm just so over it at this point. And I feel like, um, like, of course I'm being useful for the job, but I don't feel like it's useful in allowing myself to grow and become a better person. So I think that making this step between being a server and being a full-time artist is um, really important. And I look forward to not having to do like a mundane type job. Totally. No, I totally agree. Cause I, I, I've waited, I waited tables for, I think three or four years and it's, it's good money. It teaches you good skills, yeah, but and it, I at the end of the day, like I, I love my job and I like love the people that I see every day. But it's like, I don't want to go into it anymore. And I, I'm just tired of being a server, I guess. Yes. No, I, I worked at a, at a law firm for, I think, around eight months. It was my girlfriend's aunt and uncle. So, like, it was a good environment. I loved them both. But it was just the fact of going in every day at nine, sitting down at a desk all day long. It was, it's torture to me. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Um I kind of lost track of my last cent, what I was just saying before, but the money thing, like it is such good money. And I hate that I complain about this job because I know I'm going to make a ton of money every night and it's going to be way worth my time being there. It's For just, sure. I rather make even less, I rather make less money throwing pots than serving if I had the choice. I, I guess totally I, do agree. Choice. I could quit my job if I wanted to. I just feel bad to do it. You haven't quit it yet? No, I only work Fridays there. Oh, okay. I know I could support myself not working Fridays there, but there's always that fear of like, I've been doing pottery since August and I think that I've made it well enough that I can make enough income each month to live off doing pottery. But there's always that fear of like, what if no one buys my pots this month? Yeah. I don't know, but no, for I sure. should just make the jump. I just keep doubting myself that i am able to do so don't doubt yourself you can any anybody can make anything happen if there's a little pressure put on them right and it's like i tell myself i'm like well you just work fridays like that's fine like it's not that um difficult or it doesn't take that much time out of your day or whatever um but then every friday comes along and i sit and i i work at like 4 30 and the whole morning and day leading up to me going into work, I just think about how much I hate this and how much I don't want to go in. Usually when I actually get to the job, it's not as bad as I made yeah. it seem to be. But like I spend so much time dreading it. And I think that's the worst part about it is dreading doing something that I don't want to do anymore. Totally. Literally, like your entire Friday morning is probably ruined because you're yeah. just like, man, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And I just think about it all day. And then like throughout the day, I'm like, well, I can't go do this thing because I have to work at four, even though I have like five hours until I have to work. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, no, you have to get ready for work now. 
And so I just like am not productive on days that I have to go in and serve. That's funny. That's it's very fun. <laughs> it's five hours away, but I still can't do it. I, I can't yeah. do the laundry. I have to work tonight. Yeah. And or they'll make the excuse. I'm like, I should take a nap now because I have to work at four and I'll be so tired if I don't nap, which is not true. I don't know why I tell myself that. I just I I've make excuses that. not to do other things when I have to serve. Yeah, no, definitely it is. So what is it? Franklin is what you said. Franklin, Indiana. Yeah, Franklin, Indiana. How, what's the population of that town? Oh, let me Google it. It's like, like twenty six thousand. Oh man, do you have any aspirations to move? Uh, I am going to. Oh my God, it's seventy seven thousand nine hundred and thirty nine people in Franklin. I guess it's not as small as I thought. Yeah. Am I at the Frank right Franklin? Okay, I think I am. If I'm wrong. Okay, never. Okay, this is another article. I'm so sorry. This is not even okay. 26,000 says another article. I don't know. Lots of people live here. Back to your question. I am, um, after I graduate, I got a job opportunity to go to Timberlake Camp in New York to be a ceramics instructor there. Okay. Um, So, and that's for eight weeks. So, I think I'll do that once I graduate um, for the summer. And then after. I am done with that. Hopefully I'll build my own studio. That sounds awesome, dude. So in where is it? New York? Is it like upstate New York or? It's like two hours away from the city. It's called Timber Lake. Okay. Near Timber Lake. I don't know. Probably no one knows where that's at. No, that's awesome. No, I, I don't know where it's at, but it's in New York. That's cool. Yeah. It's in the middle of the woods. It's um like a summer camp where you like do zip lining and yeah. all the fun outdoor things that sounds like a lot of fun yeah i think you're gonna have a good time doing that i think so i don't know how much i like kids but <laughs> i think i'll be okay <laughs> i always i always think that i don't like kids but usually they're fine i think they'll be fine but we'll see I how like, it goes i like kids that are three years old to like maybe 10 years old but then above or below that get out of my face see I'm nervous because I think they're like 8 to 16 and I know that these kids are going to meme on me hard they're going to have some like I I need to get into like all the TikTok memes or whatever because I know they're going to like pull some stunts on me (laughs) with those kind of memes I know they're going to meme on me and like make fun of me but it's okay for sure it'll be a it'll be a fun fun experience a fun learning experience for new memes I guess right I love maybe it. make like a meme TikTok on me. with them or something. That'd be fun. Yeah, I think they would like that. They'd probably think that was really cool. They for sure would. Um, but then after that, make the studio in Franklin. Um, I was thinking about renovating my grandma's house and her garage into a studio. We'll see. <laughs> I I really have no idea what I'm doing. That's what I aspire to do right now is to have my own space. Heck yeah. Uh, that'll be awesome regardless of where you are or where it is. It's going to yeah, be badass. Yeah, sure it will work out. Like, everything happens for a reason. And I I know I'll be fine. I'm just, like, nervous about it now because I don't have plans set in place for when I graduate. And I only have a couple more months in the studio. So there is that panic of, like, you need to figure out what you're doing. But I know things will eventually work out themselves. For sure. Are there ways to, like, fire clay? without a kiln um i could like throw or on the wheel at like wherever my grandma's house and then i could take it to another studio and have them fire it okay. but you always have the risk of like the pieces breaking in the car or whatever um which would just be really annoying but like yeah. you could do it that way if you wanted heck yeah heck yeah no i was i was just thinking about that as well because that, that could be fun after graduation to do Throw, yeah. th- throw some clay at grandma's house <laughs> yeah we'll see heck yeah um oh man i just lost oh there it is um so i know a little bit about pottery but maybe for the folks listening don't know a little about a bit about pottery would you want to walk through a process of making a mushroom mug yeah sure um Tease so me. i start out i weigh about a pound of clay or so a pound or a little more and then i throw just a cup And then I pull the handle and I like make the little mushroom or whatever. Yes. What's your question? Uh, How do you throw a cup? (laughs) So you put it on the wheel 
and you have to make it get in the center of the wheel and then I don't know how to explain without like you. Which it's extremely difficult. I will just say that getting it centered is so difficult for beginners. Yeah, that's the hardest part about it. Um, which I said before, like it took me so long to like learn how to do it. Um, I didn't. So I said I started throwing my first semester of ceramics, and then I had two more semesters with I just made things like hand building them, and then it wasn't until like the beginning of this past summer that I got on the wheel again and taught myself how to throw um like better than before so i haven't been throwing for necessarily too long but it definitely took me so long to learn how to do it like i was in the studio every day for like i don't know sit, between four and eight hours a day like working on throwing things and making handles and that kind of things last summer heck yeah heck yeah all right so you center it and then you push down on the center of the piece of clay and then you mold up the side is that what you do yeah yeah basically and then you have to tr you take it off you let it dry for a bit and you trim the bottom so it's um not so rugged or sharp okay. and then you attach you wait for it to dry a little more and you attach the handle by scoring it and in that process i'm also carving it so i will carve the mug and then i'll attach the handle and then i have to wait let and let it dry and make sure it doesn't crack in the process of drying and then eventually i'll put it in the kiln it fires for like 20 hours or so take it out i glaze it and then i put it back in the kiln let it fire again and then the mug's done so it takes i could produce a mug in like a week or less if i wanted to but that's kind of rushing it um in order to like have one mug created you have to create a whole bunch of mugs because you have to fill up the whole kiln yeah. um so that's why it takes so long to make one single mug. For sure. Um, when you, how do you round out the bottom? Do you throw it back on the wheel? Um, yeah. So you put it back on the wheel and you, it's upside down at this point. Um, and then you'll take a, like a trimming tool and it, you basically just like trim away all the excess clay until you get the bottom smooth. And so it has like, um, usually I'll have like a little, like, half a centimeter probably less than half a centimeter of area where um it's not going to be glazed so that when i put the glaze on it if it ran in the kiln it has a little bit of room to run before it gets on the kiln shelf okay because we don't want glaze in the kiln shelf no it, it's fine um because there's kiln wash it's this substance that makes it not stick to the kiln um but yeah, basically you'll have fused glass to the kiln if you don't have that kiln wash, which can be a disaster. And yeah. then you can just hand sand away the, if it runs, you can sand away like where it ran and try to fix up the mug, but it's never going to be perfect if it ran. Huh. New things I'm learning. Yeah. Oh man. I meant to ask you. So for glaze, uh, so I, there's this video, you know, you spilt a little glaze on the ground. Um, <laughs> but it was the glaze was red it, it was yeah. red and you were like it's gonna be blue and i was like she's lying dude she's she's <laughs> lying here's my mug right now that had this is the red glaze i don't know it's blue but you probably can't see it too well so are all glazes like the opposite freaking color of what they're gonna end up being um they never never look like what the glaze is gonna be like i have some green glazes that are red in the bottle before i fire it and then some of them are a greenish color but they're like way off from the color it's going to be or some of them are gray it i'm not the expert on glaze chemistry but there's some chemistry that you got to do and um yeah it, it's so weird and i always get that comment of like i'm so surprised of like how it looks so different and how glazes change so much and it's even interesting because like so i have two kilns right now you can see them behind me yeah, um, yeah. i've been firing in our old kiln and then i uh, we got a new kiln so i did my first glaze firing in that one and it's firing to the same temperature supposedly but the glazes still look complete like they sometimes they look completely different yeah. just being a different kiln or even if it's like on the top shelf versus the bottom shelf they can look different so i really I have an idea what my pots are going to look like, but it's always a surprise when I open the kiln and see that's cool. how it turned out. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome, it, though. It used to frustrate me, but now I, I enjoy the process of finding out 
what it's going to be like. Or there's always sometimes where you can fire a kiln and there can be an air and everything's messed up. When I first switched to this high fire clay, I my first firing with it, it every single piece had pinholes all over it. Um, a pinhole is just like a tiny dot where it like you can, it's really, really small size of a pin, but it's a dot where the glaze kind of separated and you could um, see the clay body, um, which is not very good. And also that kiln had a lot of pieces that ran. So it was kind of disappointing at that point when I realized every single piece I made was useless and I couldn't sell it. Um, I could sell it for a discount, but like I wasn't going to get the money that I expected from it. Yeah. Um, but I've learned now that like, I can't be so, I was so upset when that happened, but I can't be so, so upset when those things happen because it's part of the process. Like I didn't have control over that. Um, I learned like why it did that and I fixed the mistake, but I needed to have that mistake happen in order for me to grow as a potter. Uh, yeah. That, that Do you have a, other frustrating situations like that? Cause I can't imagine what you worked a week or so on creating all these, all these mugs and then you fired I, up and then you're, it's done for. Yeah. And like, well, you're just talking about when I got uh, that red glaze over all my pots, um, I had put the drill bit in the glaze and I took it out too fast when it was still spinning. So it spun over all of my pots and I had already spent like six hours or so glazing everything. So it's like, oh my God, what do I do at this point? I either have to restart or let this mistake um, follow through and see what it looks like at the end. Yeah. So there's things like that. Or when you're, I said earlier, you have to let a piece dry so it doesn't crack. Um, if it cracks in the drying process, you just have to recycle the clay and you okay. spend all that time on it, which is annoying, but maybe that piece wasn't meant to be in the world Yeah. or like I'll be carving a piece. And sometimes I carve all the way through the piece and, um, that sucks. Cause then you have to throw it away and restart again. But yeah, there's so many steps throughout the process where, um, errors could happen that aren't your fault. Like I, I compare this to painting because with the painting, you can walk away from the piece and nothing's going to happen to it. Like the paint's not going to have some malfunction or something like that. Like clay, it can crack in the drying process, but with painting, you can control it the whole way and you can make sure there's no errors. But with pottery, it's like these errors happen and they can be out of your realm of control. And you just got to accept that not every piece was meant to be in someone's home and you just remake it. Totally, totally, totally. That's awesome. So who's a, who's like a famous ceramicist? Who's a famous potter that you know? Um, oh God, you're putting me on the spot. Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, I know some potters like. I'll look it up right now. Famous okay. potter. I did the vagina sculptures. I feel so stupid. <laughs> uh, not Bernard Leach. Yeah, I know who that is. I'm, Are you I, trying to be I, the I, next Bernard Leach? No, I don't really like his style that much. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously very good, but um, he does. Um, he doesn't do much texture, right? Okay. That's, um, I'm trying to look up. Yeah, there was this one Potter that I do actually like. Um, I'm literally bringing up my ceramic study guide from school. Is that your hope, though? Do you want to be a, a famous potter that creates these amazing sculptures? Um, I mean, I guess, like, I guess I'm working towards that because I'm growing, like, a TikTok following and Instagram following. Um, I don't know if I necessarily care to, like, be that person that goes to, like, Claycon West or Inseca and um, gives presentations, which would be really cool if someone asked me to do that. But goes where I'm not trying to like make myself to have this huge name where everyone knows me. I just like to make work and sell it at art shows. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that I don't want to be famous and that I don't want my work to sell out super fast because I do have that following, but it's not like I'm working towards that goal right now. Yeah, no, for sure. I get that. Um, 
In- Robert Arminson is the person I was talking about. He makes these sculptures of like heads that are doing weird things. All right. Yeah. So you you want to make weird weird head sculptures? I don't want to make weird head sculptures. I, he's an inspiration though. That's awesome. But um, so what what were you saying? Give speeches at uh, Ceramicon or so like ClayCon West and Ensika. It's these clay conferences where like well known potters will go and um, like they'll give um, like a they'll do demonstrations where people can watch how they make their stuff or they'll give talks about their process or how they um, became well-known in the industry and you can listen to them talk. Um, But yeah, basically you go to those like kind of conferences to expand your knowledge of ceramics and to be introduced to things that you didn't know exist or didn't know you can make. So that's super cool. Yeah, I'm going to Enseca this year. It's in Sacramento, California, which is going to be really fun. I've never been to like a clay conference, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, that sounds super cool. It's like everybody that enjoys the same thing that you do all hanging out together. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be really fun. That'll be super cool. I'm excited for you for that. In Sacramento, California, what's... I don't know where Sacramento is. Yeah. exactly tell you <laughs> you'll uh you'll you'll what uh, you'll look up on maps and find a way right yeah i'll get there somehow that'll be fun all right so you want to be like robert not not exactly like robert but you have no aspiration hmm. it's super interesting to hear that because then you'll have some people that like all they want is like a search for fame but you enjoy making pottery because you enjoy the process right right yeah i I do really enjoy the process. Of course, like I do share my work with social media and I'm very thankful for all my followers and people that want to like watch what I'm doing. Um, and I really would like to continue to grow my following um, and to have like a huge support system. But it's not like that's the only thing that matters. Like it matters that I'm making work that I enjoy making because I don't want to get to the point where I'm expected by this, um, my following to like make certain work or to post content every day or whatever. Um, so it's not like I'm always so focused on growing a following. Yeah. It's super interesting that you say that my, uh, I have a buddy named Corey, uh, Corey infinite is what he calls himself, but <laughs> he, he was making like these handcrafted pieces of clothing every single day. And then after a while, he just, and he was making content about it. And then after a while, he just got tired of it because it was just monotonous every single day doing the same stuff. And not that he didn't love it, but just like anything, it gets old. Yeah. And like when I make videos, like I wish, I wish somehow I could hire someone to come make these videos for me because it's annoying to like move the camera and set it up. And like you're working with clay. So my hands are all dirty with clay on them. Um, and I rather just not, I would prefer not to spend my mental energy, like editing these videos and like recording them. But I know that's important for me to grow a following and to create a business for myself. Cause obviously if no one wants to buy my work or isn't um, seeing my work, I'm not going to sell anything. So yeah. I know I have to like spend the time doing those tedious things, but it's not the funnest part of the process. No, for sure. I, I, I don't think a lot of people that like, people that consume content on TikTok and don't create that a lot of people don't understand the time that it takes to create. Yeah, it does. It's embarrassing long. Um, how many hours (laughs) I've spent with editing videos. It's stupid, but I know I need to do it. And there's always that like part of me that gets scared of like, Oh my God, people aren't going to like this or I'm going to get a mean comment or like whatever, but I know I need to not focus on those things. Yeah, for sure. But no, it is uh, sometimes I laugh at myself because I'll like I was doing like these daily vlogs or whatever for I did like the 75 days hard challenge. And so I was doing these daily vlogs and I was recording myself while I was reading. So I was like, oh, this, like I've seen other people do this. I enjoy seeing that. And Didn't so you feel I, kind of silly doing that? <laughs> like I it looks so silly so in the video, but you're like, why did I just record myself reading? I felt like in idiot every time and and it's not even like it's not even like I was actually reading I set up my phone (laughs) on the tripod press record I go and sit down and aesthetically open my book and like turn a page 
and yeah. I'm, I'm not even reading the words at that like, point. Like this is supposed to be like a 10 second clip in a TikTok. Like yes. And, but then I I have been complaining about recording, but sometimes I do enjoy it. Like recently I made a video, like a daily vlog of just like short clips of things I found interesting. Like there was a squirrel in it or um I don't know, a video outside that I thought was pretty. And I think those videos are kind of fun to make. Um, and I do think they're important because it, it, it's important for your audience to like know who you are outside of just what you create. Because for so long, I only posted um, videos of me making my mugs or whatever. But I'm sure there's people that want to like hear me talk or hear my thoughts on what I'm making. So I've been trying to um, record myself like explaining the process or explaining what I'm doing or what I like or dislike but I but with that again I find myself like judging myself and like the way I talk or like if I mess up words or whatever um, so I'll like record it a billion times and I need to get over the pressure of like needing to be perfect and just like put content out there that I just recorded one time yeah, and for sure. Thoughts in it because I know people don't care that much about how I sound, but to myself, I'm like, "You stuttered. You got to re record it or whatever." And I just got to realize that, like, that's how I talk. And so, like, when I am making videos, it shouldn't be perfect. Like, just make it natural, I guess. No, for sure. And people like the like like it if you're genuine. And so, if you do stutter, I think uh, people would enjoy hearing that. <laughs> yeah no for, a lot of people uh, like, randomly say like they like the sound of my voice i'm like i sound so midwestern and so yeah I definitely midwestern <laughs> yeah for sure when i'm I, this is random but when i'm serving tables i'll say like y'all and awesome a lot and i don't actually use those words in my everyday life but when i'm serving i turn into some country trick trying to serve you with thanks y'all like i don't know why i say it and then i like walk away from a table i'm like why why did you say that haven you sounded so stupid but yeah i don't know Brandon i get that i um oh, i don't know i feel like every server has like a like a persona i guess you can say and oh my god yes when you're waiting tables <laughs> you're not your true self it's you're not real at that point no I, I know I do this. I have a server voice and I talk so high. I'm like, hey guys, welcome to Greeks. What can I get for you? And like, I'm so energetic. And then I walk away from the table and I just like, my face goes blank. And like other servers will be like, you have such a weird serving voice or like, <laughs> you're so energetic with tables, but you're not like that in real life. I'm like, I know. I don't know how to stop <laughs> myself from being a fake person when I'm serving. <laughs> yeah, no, that, yeah, exactly. You can't stop yourself from being fake. It's just, it just, it's natural. Yeah, it's like my whole voice even changes. Like it's higher pitched. I don't know. It's weird, but my I try to like, consciously think about it sometimes, but then I'm like, I just need to stop and do what I'm used to doing. No, mine becomes higher pitched as well. Hey guys, I sound like yeah, a fucking so cartoon character. There. You're yes. like, hey guys, please give me a good tip. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I was yesterday. Oh my gosh. Yesterday, me and my girlfriend went out to eat. Uh, we hadn't in a really long time, so we were excited. But um, the server, she was she was a biatch, man. Like, <laughs> it, but but she wasn't even she wasn't even good at hiding the bitchiness. She would like, hey, how can I help you guys? Okay, fine. It's like, man, oh man, she was mean. Yeah. But, I it's said like, I wasn't going to give her a good tip, but I still did. I felt, you know, felt bad. I know being a server, even when I have a shirty server, I still tip them good because like, I know, I know this isn't what they want to be doing. Yeah. And I know they should be a little more happy to see me, I guess. But like, I understand, like, I wouldn't want to be doing this either. And then like, I'll have like, so, say a customer comes in like super late when we're literally about to close and they want to sit down or like a 20 top will come in super late. Yeah. Um, so I know sometimes I haven't always been the best server because I'm just like a little annoyed at some points, but yeah, it, ma it makes you probably just really hated that job. Yeah, probably just do exactly. It. <laughs> exactly. I, and I feel for the situation because I've been there. So I'm always nice, I guess. Yeah. Um, all right. Or um, you servers that are like too good. I feel like Olive Garden servers are too good. Annoying. 
Yeah, it's like um, in corporate restaurants when they're like, they have to be a certain way or have to say a certain round of things that I have to list off to you. Um, I find that annoying in servers. I know it's not their fault because I know they're forced to do it, but I'm like, you can just act like a normal person to me or sure. not be so excited or so nice, you know? Yeah, or or the, the servers that come to your table way too often. Yeah, like- when I first started serving... I served at Bob Evans and I, it was my first time serving. So I guess I wasn't the best and I would check on tables over and over. And it finally this one old lady, I checked on her for like the third time. And I was like, you good. And she was like, yes. And I was like, okay, I get it. I asked you too many times and that's all I needed to like correct myself. But yeah, yeah. Begin starting serving. You definitely don't know what you really need to do. So you might check on a table way too many times. Yes. No, definitely. And I, I feel like I get annoyed when people do that. I'm like, shut up and leave me alone. I'm trying to talk here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody's, everybody's just trying to be nice. I, um, no, I think I, I wish that everybody had to wait tables, like everybody on the planet. I wish that everybody had to yeah. wait tables. So then they understood and weren't jerks to their waiters and waitresses. Yeah. When I do hear a table being bitchy to a um, server or whatever it pisses me off and like I've like gave a server a tip for another table I'm like I know they're fucking assholes here's a tip for you because that sucks but some people are just going to be assholes and a lot of the times I used to be like oh my god I it's my fault I'm the bad server I made them mad but I gotta realize like people had a bad could have had a bad day and they came in here with a bad attitude already so it doesn't even matter how I serve them they're just going to be bitchy and I just got to move on to my next table. No, for sure, man. It's nice to talk to other people that have waited tables before. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Um, all right. Before we round out the episode, I asked everybody for one piece of advice that they'd give to anybody. Um, I would say to not criticize yourself so much because that was my biggest challenge is like learning that what I have to say is important to someone or someone wants to listen to it. And I used to always like think I was so stupid or I couldn't do certain things because I thought I was so stupid, but it was just self-criticism. And I know it's super hard to like get over that, but I think working towards that every day and subconsciously, like, like thinking about what you're thinking about, like noticing what kind of thoughts are going into your head and trying to correct them and not be so hard on yourself. I think that's I one it. of the big challenges. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. I'll stop recording. Haven, thanks for joining, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.